Well, hello. Welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week of writing. Today, I have a really fun interview for you with author Dan Petrosini. He is really good about managing his time um, and, you know, figuring out how to write as many books as suits him and his lifestyle every year and not pushing himself too hard if it gets to the point where it's too stressful and he doesn't want to write that much anymore. So I think he's got a lot of really valuable things to say. He's also going to talk a lot about writing dialogue and how to become really skilled at that, um, you know, listening for what sounds realistic and even taking into account how you write your dialogue tags and how that kind of might um, affect your audiobooks. Okay, so we have a really good conversation and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Before we get to that though, I want to remind you about the Finding the Heart of Your Story boot camp. It's happening August 22nd through 26th. So if you're listening to this after that, it might be over. But if you're listening to this in real time, make sure and go register for it at bit.ly forward slash story heart. Make sure and capitalize the S and the H so you don't get an error message. It's going to be held inside the Prolific Author Community, which is my free Facebook group for authors. So if you have not joined that, you can also go and search for the Prolific Author in Facebook groups, then it should pop right up. Um, We are going to be learning lots of really valuable things, how to drill down to the core of the story that you are trying to tell, how to get a really good authoritative grip on it so that you can bring it across well on the page. There are specific, you know, tricks and tips for doing that that a lot of authors don't take advantage of, okay? We're going to learn about crowdsourcing creativity. You probably don't know what that is, but you're going to have to go to the boot camp to figure it out. And um, let's see what else. We're also going to talk about marketing, using the internal to market, which is a lot more effective than using the plot alone. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, if you want to up-level your craft or your marketing at all, this is the boot camp for you. Make sure and go sign up. Um, especially if you want me to be sending you the replays, you're going to need to register. Um, once again, that's bit.ly forward slash story heart with the S and the H capitalized. Um, Okay, I think that's all I have in terms of business for this week. And without further ado, let's get into the interview with Dan. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today best-selling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. Okay, so we are here with author Dan Petrosini. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing wonderful. I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with you this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. So why don't you start by telling everyone um, who you are and what you write? Well, I'm Dan Petrosini, uh, born in New York City and now living in Southwest Florida. Um, I'm an author of somewhere a couple of dozen books at this point. <laughs> um, and I think my most popular series is the Luca Mystery Series. Um, and uh, I also play the saxophone in a number of jazz bands. And uh, 
I drink too much wine. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how when you get past a certain number of books, you can never remember how many you have. I always think that I should know how many books I have. And I usually don't. <laughs> yeah. People, people do ask, you know, um, yeah. and I'm always like, I have to do like, try to do a mental cap. Uh, yeah. I just say over two, over two dozen kind of covers it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. So do you have any, you know, specific secret for how, how prolific you are and how you get your writing done that much? I mean, that's, that's more books than most authors will put out in their lifetime. So what's your secret? Um, well, it's really no secret. And, uh, uh, this is something, uh, you have to commit to doing it. If you mm -hmm. don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. A lot of people say they like to do something, they're going to do something, but they never take the steps necessary to get them to the finish line. Um, uh, so don't, if you, people set goals, but they don't set the plan to achieve the goal. And when it comes down to something like writing, um, if you sit around waiting for inspiration, uh, you're going to be sitting by yourself quite a long time. <laughs> I found that the best way to do it, and I'm certainly not alone, you know, much more successful authors realize that uh, you, you do have to approach it like a job. And, and we don't like to mix the word job with the creative world, right? It kind of mm -hmm. is a big clash there. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a job. If you're doing this full time, you have to sit down every morning or whatever time that you do it. Some people are night people. I'm, um, I'm kind of, I flip-flop, which is kind of unusual. But one thing I make sure I do is every single day I write. Every single day. I mean, and, and, and I realize I'm in a fortunate situation being able to do that. However, um, my advice to any aspiring writer is that even if you have, you know, if you're a single mom with three kids, whatever your situation is that, or you have a real job, most people are, are writing on a part-time basis to trying to squeeze it in. Mm -hmm. um, she still has to be able to set a time aside and whether that is, you know, two hours once a week or, or even 30 minutes a day, make sure you do it every day. And once right. it becomes habitual, you know, it becomes part of your routine and, and bingo, next thing you know, the pages start adding up. Or, I say words, the words add up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's the quote unquote secret. <laughs> there is no secret. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. I think that's something that um, it's kind of a, a major misconception in, in the author space in general that you only write when the muse shows up or, you know, you're going to get this massive, um, you know, lightning strike idea that'll just be wonderful and then you can get it written. But really, I mean, the people who are really successful in this space are people that write every day and, and I hate to use the word grind, but to some extent, just like any job, you, you know, you're gonna have your bad days when you don't wanna write and you're gonna have your good days and you gotta kind of push through them. I mean, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Exactly. And um, there are those rare times. Yesterday I was, I was writing and I actually had a little bit of a flow going for a while, uh -huh. um, but, but in general, um, you have to, I hate it. It sounds terrible. You have to force the words out. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the things that I found is, is when I originally started doing this, I don't know, let's say seven years ago, six years ago, whatever. And, um, I, I was having difficulty writing and I forced, you know, I just said, let me just, let me just put something on the page. Let me put something on the page because as they, as, as the industry likes to say, right, you can't fix what's not written. So you can, you can fix something that's there um, right. or, you know, change it around. But if you have nothing, <laughs> if you have mm -hmm. a blank page, 
um, there's the, you, you can't massage that, if you will. So when I started to force it out and um, I, I was a little skeptical and I did it, I did it. And then when I started to go back, because uh, um, I, I basically write and don't read it. I never go back. I'm not one of those folks. And I know it sounds like great practice where they write whatever they write, if you write a thousand words today, tomorrow they, they go back 500 words, they read it, edit it, and then continue. And that's great. I get it. Um, I, I, don't ha I don't work that way. But what I do do is occasionally during writing a book right now, I'm about 45,000 words into another book. And um, I've been to the, uh, when I was somewhere around maybe 35,000, I went back to the beginning and read it, doing a little bit of editing and trying to get back into the story trying to make sure I didn't leave too many holes and also planting seeds um, that I needed to have earlier um, and you realize when you go back that I can't tell when where it was forced and where it supposedly flowed it's the same quality so um, even though it's harder to get out um, yeah it, it, it there's no difference in quality I think that mm -hmm. that's what I've discovered you know um, yeah. So forcing it out is something you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's also one of those things, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So, you know, it's just a, yes. a matter of practicing too. Right. Right. And, and the other things that I'm sure you've encountered is many, many times I write, I, I, I'm what they call discovery writer. You know, I'm not, I'm not really big on plotting and uh -huh. um, usually have a general idea and then I just go. Um, I just lost the trend, trend of thought. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Oh, it's okay. So well, um, go ahead. Did you figure it out? It's very common that when you, when you approach it that way, uh, when you're writing without a real uh, plot, you're going to, not, not a real plot, but uh, without an outline, you're going to mm -hmm. get yourself in a corner and you go, geez, how am I, <laughs> where do I go now? And you can't resolve this, this, this problem with the plot. Um, so what I found for me is that I can't figure out how to get around this, you know, so I put it aside and I write something that needs to be written anyway. You know, you know that there's this other part of the book that needs to be written that's going to happen three days after the problem that you're trying to fix. And I write that, that. And then, and then of course, I'm real, I, I kind of trust myself to come up with the, the solution. Um, and, and this way, I don't have myself this excuse not to write. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm going to write, I'm going to write something different. I'm going to allow my uh, subconscious, if you will, and mull around ways to get it, to get past this problem, but I'm not going to waste time. I'm still accomplishing something, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that. I think, um, I think that's the best way to approach it because it's almost like, you know, your brain will solve it for you when it's on the back burner and you're focusing on something else. So let me ask you, do you, um, when that happens, do you write the later scene and then reverse engineer, or is it more a matter of writing the later scene and then it just eventually comes to you how to solve the problem? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a later scene, uh, not with the intention of fic trying to find a solution to the problem that I have, you know, mm -hmm. early, earlier in the, in, in the uh, book. Um, and I, it's not magic, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I, when I wake up most mornings, I, I stay in bed and I try to clear my mind. And if I have a particular problem with the story I'm writing, I try to seed it in my mind 
but I don't consciously try to find the solution. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> I don't try to solve yeah. it. I make my mind aware. Like how would I, you know, can they meet at a funeral? Can they meet at a amusement park? So if you need to get two characters to get together, it's one, one thing, how are we going to get Jane? You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to have these very convenient coincidences, you know, the, <laughs> the reader sees right through those, right? Right. Um, so, so those, those um, let's say that's one example of getting two characters. And then I just try to seed a bunch of things in my head and I lay there for a while and I just get up and go about my day. Maybe, you know, in the morning, I usually take a walk and I'm not, even though I'm not thinking about it, your mind is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then you, you find that you have, let's say five or four different ways of solving the problem. And then that's when you now start massaging them actively or how I do it rather, uh, how I, I try to actively figure out which, which can really, which, what's the one of those possible solutions that's going to work for this particular story. Right. No, I think that's great because it's, it's kind of, it's been proven and it's usually not, a, you know, applied to writing specifically, but that you can kind of solve problems like that with your subconscious mind. And when you're trying to force it consciously, that's when you kind of get stuck. You know, that's why people come up with like, their best ideas in the shower when they're going walking or whatever. So I, I really love that you apply that to writing. And I, I think more authors should do that rather than, you know, like trying to force it all the time. Yeah. One of the other things um, that um, I've been able to do, and again, maybe this is as a result of, of being able to complete so many novels is to trust yourself, mm-hmm. you know, trust yourself yeah. and not, I, cause I used to panic you know, like everyone else, like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I'm going to have to start over. Uh, this is going to be another right. one of those, one of those stories that's going to be in the, in my desk drawer with the, with the other 30 that I never get finished um, and <laughs> all that type of thing. And then I, and then I started to solely realize that, gosh, I have been able to fix these problems. I have been able to get to the, to the end of a book and, and people like it. So right. rather than going into a panic I, I just say, hey, you're going to get it done. You're going to find a way around this. Trust yourself to get it done. And that anxiety dissipates to a certain degree. It doesn't never goes away, but it dissipates <laughs> to a certain degree and, and, and leaves more room for the, for the quote unquote creative process, I, I believe anyway. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, fear and, and doubt, that's just going to always make you get stuck, you know, even if you have a really great idea for a story. So yeah, I totally agree. Oh yeah. No, no, look, I mean, the voice, you know, the voice in your head is the most important voice that you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. And you better make sure that it's, that it's a friend and not an enemy because yeah. it's, you know, everyone, including myself, have tons of self-doubt. I mean, so right. you, you gotta, gotta, yeah, right. And, you know, they, they especially in the, in the published business you know people talk about the imposter syndrome right you know um you know can i do it again i did it once and you always have that little bit of fear when you go like oh my gosh we finished that book and now now what can i do that again oh my gosh Mm -hmm. it it, it took so much so much effort so um yeah Yeah. trust yourself i love that i love that so good um so can i ask you do you do you write a certain number of words every day do you have like a a quota that you try to hit or Yes, I, I have this particular book is the one I'm writing now is a little bit more different, a little more difficult because I, I, I usually have a really, no, not a really, 
good idea in my opinion <laughs> a good idea like a good idea and I go wow this is good and then, and then I kind of kind of sketch it out in my head okay I know these five or six things have to happen mm-hmm. um and sometimes I, I write in Scrivener so I go to Scrivener and I use that chalk not chalkboard the bulletin board whatever it is and I usually put uh-huh. you know six or seven or ten chapter headings not much information that you know he gets in a car accident this whatever whatever types of little notes to myself right. And this one, I didn't do it. I had one idea there and I just didn't feel like it was strong enough. I was trying to make it stronger. And mm. I said, you know, I got it. And I was very uncomfortable not writing, right? After I finished the last book, I was, you know, how all of a sudden, you know, you send it off to the editor and now, now what do I do? I didn't have, right. it. I usually I have an idea right away that I start on and I didn't have it. So I said to myself that, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start writing and see how it goes. And um, as I was doing, I added another sh- kind of like a dual plot thing going on. So it's been a little bit more difficult to me, but normally I try to write at least a thousand words a day. Um, okay. And that, that's what I try to do. And I haven't been able to do it many times in this, in this, in this, in the, let's say the six weeks that I've been writing this book. Um, but yesterday was a good day. Yesterday I had like about 1600. So um, made up a little for it, right? Mm-hmm. so a thousand a day is is the goal i mean i'm sometimes in, i'm in awe when i hear some of these people that write you know five thousand ten thousand words a day i just don't know how you know? um but yeah. i will say one thing sorry about that one thing i would okay. say one thing um, that i've been able to do uh, uh is that my drafts my first draft are pretty good nowadays yeah I wish crap. Yeah, I think it just comes with experience, right? Uh, I do too. So now when I write, yeah, right. So I, so I write my, let's say I got my whatever it is. I, I, I write mostly, you know, in the crime fiction, mystery type genre, mm-hmm. um, and and my my novels are somewhere around seventy five thousand words, seventy some, something like that. So I usually get it to maybe I get it to seventy eight thousand, and the story's ended. You know, wherever it needs to end, it's not right. Not, penned in by word count and then when i then i go back of, of you know let's say when i'm finally done with the first draft i go back and i i go through it and usually what i'm doing is cutting mm-hmm. cutting you know just trimming 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 um getting rid of stuff that's not necessary um and then i and so i in that, during that process i really am not f- fixing many problems you know yeah. sometimes yeah. i have one or two problems i know that i go hey i gotta you know whatever this guy XYZ has to happen to this character. So I have to change a couple of sentences here and there to make it. Um, but generally my first reaction right. are pretty good, pretty strong. And um, and then I go through it again and then I send it off to the editor. And then usually the editor has been coming back, you know, with not too much, you know, not like in some some cases where <laughs> you know, I need to lay in bed for two weeks after I get, you know, after yeah. I get up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I do. I think that comes with experience too. You just yeah. get better at the first draft and better at knowing, you know, what's going to need to be fixed. So you fix it the first time. So do you get a book written like every, what, two months then? If you're, if you're no, doing about 75,000 no, no. words? No, I'm not that fast. I usually, um, uh, now, now, right now, I mean, I've slowed down a little bit. I have slowed mm-hmm. down a little bit. Um, uh, it just, just, just have. I mean, I was doing three a year, Okay. You know, in other words, put out. And one time I think I did four. Um, 
and I, I just wasn't, I felt like I was pushing myself too hard, frankly, I, mm -hmm. that's all I just, I, I, you know, and, and I, and I, and I do want to, I do enjoy writing and I, and, yeah. um, and it, even at times that it's difficult, but I, but I don't want to make it, you know, excruciating. <laughs> so, <laughs> and can I ask, do you still, uh, like work a full-time job or are you a full-time? No, this is, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This, good. Yeah. good. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, Anyway, it's it's been working out. It's been working out, and I'm enjoying it. It's fun, and it is challenging. I mean, let's face it; it's yeah. it's, it's it's challenging, and <laughs> you know, and all the other things that go on to it. You know, it's it's unfortunate that you just can't write the book, and then you know everything else takes care of each itself. But you know, yeah. you know instance, marketing, you know, is just you know sucks up so much time. I mean, right. I guess right. today Monday, so I guess it was Saturday. I basically hardly wrote and because I spent a lot of time because it was the end of the month on all my advertising, um, you know, going through yep. the AMS, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. I do that too. I, I try to, a lot of times I try to batch it. Um, but yeah, when you do that, you end up spending like eight hours a day. On it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's and crazy. You, yeah. And, and even, and you know, and it's hard to feel good about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, when, at least when you, you know, again, whatever it is that you, your, your goal is for that day in writing, um, you know, for me, it's a thousand of when I pass it. Um, and, you know, I can look back, you know, three hours later and go, you know, wow, I don't stop when I get to a thousand. That's not what I do, you know, but. Right, right. You know, I just like, okay, I, I'm done. I'm exhausted or whatever mentally. Um and then I stop and hopefully I do track my words as I'm going along, <laughs> you know, guys. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good practice. Yeah. Yeah. Just to try to, you know, touch base with where I am and what I think I am. And usually that's the funny thing now. Um, usually I try to play a little game with myself if I'm, as I'm writing and whatever it is, I'm sitting down there for an hour. And sometimes that hour you can pump out, you know, 600 words. Sometimes you, you put out 189. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when I go to check my word count, I hit, I go to myself, okay, that was about 200. And you put it up and it's like 203. And you go, oh my God. You know? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm checking too often, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but when you do write and the day's done and you put your time in, whether or not the words are there or not, you do, you feel a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Whereas, whereas if I'm spending, you know, four hours messing around with my Amazon ads and trying to figure out, you know, I, I never feel good about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, so that, so that, that, um, but that's the necessary part of the business, you know. For sure. So yeah. if we can, um, switch gears just a little bit you are pretty good at writing dialogue so can we talk about that for a minute absolutely yeah. so what are your what are your dialogue writing secrets or practices you know i think the most important thing that you could do is basically observation hmm. you know and um and that's that's like a lost art these days right because yeah. everybody wants, everybody wants to talk right especially if you if, you, if you're sitting there with with two or three of your friends, uh, you know, just whatever it is, having a drink somewhere. You, you, I want to tell you, I got to tell you this. And, you know, we're, we're so apt to want to be a part of the conversation. It's very interesting when you pull yourself back a little bit and let your two friends or whoever these people are talk and listen to how they talk um, and not, of course, give your opinion. Um, 
which is a difficult thing for me to <laughs> keep in my pocket. Um, but but if you do that, if you do that, you you'll 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 learn. You don't have to learn. Excuse me. You you know how to talk. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't think about it. it; just happens, right? Not like writing on. A, when you're writing, you have to think about what you're going to write. When I'm talking to you, right? I'm not thinking; it's just coming out. Um, but you couldn't put that on a on a page in in, in a story sense because we repeat ourselves. We right. do all those right. We we do all those types of things. Um, but that's part of dialogue, and you have to put that into your writing. Because people talk differently than you write. We know that. Right. So, you know, just as a silly thing, because um, uh, I, I just did this five seconds ago when I realized myself, I said to my wife, how you feeling? Right? But when mm-hmm. we write, we want to say, how are you feeling? Right. But we do not talk that way. I mean, at least people from Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, I grew up with a lot of, colorful characters um who had their own language right the street language and people talk and i still can't get rid of my new york accent uh um but we do talk differently like one of the other things is is uh, um let's say contractions right we in in dialogue you constantly i can't i don't say like like you know can you make it tonight i cannot you say i can't i can't i can't you know and we and we truncate it you know Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, let's say in dialogue, when you're talking to somebody, you have to say, what? You know, even though you heard what the person said, you say, what? You either buying yourself <laughs> time or you want to ignore the subject. Um, and the other thing that people do in when we're talking about it, we have, and it doesn't work, it doesn't, excuse me, it doesn't appear correct. And, you know, it's difficult to do where they just change subjects like at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. When you're in a conversation, you know, especially with, with, with more than one person. And those are really tough too. Writing a scene with several people in a room is re- really difficult. It is, and yeah. I, yeah, and I learned my lesson, you know, early on. Um, I had wrote a political thriller uh, way back when. And of course, you, you know, you're in the cabinet room, wherever these politicians get together and you got the secretary XYZ and, da, 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 and there's 12 people in a room. And to try to have a back and forth conversation. I know they happen, but it doesn't really get to do it on the written page is very, very difficult, very difficult. So try to limit, I would try to limit the number of characters in a particular scene if you're able to. And the genres that I am able to do, I I do that. And I and and what and, and many times like in detective fiction, for instance, we have two partners working together and they go to interview a subject. I sometimes I purposely leave one of the guys out. Mm. You know, it's just so that it's a one-on-one. Right. Otherwise you need more dialogue so, tags. Yeah, yeah. Tags are important. So if you were, you know, giving advice to kind of, you know, up and coming authors about, um, you know, how to learn to write dialogue, what would you suggest? Would you suggest that they take time to observe other people's dialogue or, or what else? A thousand, a thousand percent. Yeah. We, we, when you, when you read, right. We're all, of course, you know, what, what author is not a big reader. Right. And um, when you, when you read sometimes when the dialogue is like almost too formal, mm-hmm. it, it pulls me out of the story. 
you know, and look, right. I, I'm, I'm not saying you should, we all know, right? And using dialogue, the speech, and I'm not the best at it either, but they, they should be able to tell who's, who, who it is that's speaking by the, by the type of words that they use, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the ways that we can distinguish our characters. Um, of course, a doctor is going to speak differently than, let's say, a plumber, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, even the words that they use just to say, hey, doc, I feel sick. And, you know, and he's not going to say you're sick. He doesn't use that word, a doctor. You know, uh, they're going to use different um, words to describe what's going on. Then, right. so, so, that, that, so that's a real, that's a real easy one, right? A lawyer will talk differently than, you know, and the other thing that's very, very interesting and I observe it in myself is that people change their speech depending upon the people they're with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you find yourself, you know, I'm not a cursor. I really, I, I don't curse. I don't, I don't feel real comfortable. I said, I don't curse. I try not to curse. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I and I tr- and I rarely use it in my in my books. You know, I just don't feel comfortable. Right. With it. However, there are characters that you know throw f bombs left and right. You know, and, and you can't take somebody who's let's say uh, you know, a confidential informant um, and expect him to speak like the priest. It, right. It's, right. You know. So, and those are advantages again too. Um, describe characters or to show character rather. Who is this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, dialogue tags are are you know. I mean, I'm really down to he said she said things. That's it. I I very rarely say you know. I, I don't know. Um, in response, you know. Right. Yeah. Some other way that actually pulls you out, and and what I what I realize how dangerous those tags are and how terrible they sound in audiobooks. Mm, yeah especially when it's going back and forth like real quick you know where, where conversations are kind of uh, using real short sentences between two people and then he said this and no she said why not he's he's and it's just like oh it, yeah. it, it, it sounds terrible in an audio yeah. book you can get away with it because it almost becomes a little invisible on the page mm-hmm. you know um but uh, I, I think it, I think it really, uh, um, you know, harms an audio production. Yeah, yeah. And so often you're having to think about that more now and now, more and more now. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's a part. Um, and again, I had one particular. It was, uh, it was a, um, it was a cold case that I had wrote on, and the new detective takes over the case, and he's reading an interview between a, a police you know, a detective and this young kid. Um, and he's trying, you know, to, it was 25 years later. And the the, the, the back and forth with the he, you know, it, it just, it was, it was like, oh my gosh. As soon as I heard, it, you know, as soon as I got the clip or whatever you want to call it, the chapter from the, the narrator, I was like, oh man, we got to go back and we got to get rid of this, <laughs> you know? And it just kind of it reinforced the idea in my head that you have to figure out you, you, people have to know who's talking. You can't confuse a reader. Right. Um, but you don't need, you know, line by line. You know, I, I what I usually do is I count sometimes when I go, you know, who said this and how many times back and forth. I go, okay, after like five times, we may, may need to put something in there. And I try to do it with, with um, 
you know, maybe some physical thing happening. Right. You know, you know Derek came over to my desk, you know, and said this. And, you know, during the conversation, he's moving or he put a cup of coffee on my table or something just mm -hmm. to try to reinforce who it is without the he said, she said um, tag. Um, but, I, but again, I think, number one, you know, we don't talk the way we write. And, it, and, and you know, sometimes the editors, by the way, if you say how, how you feel and they'll come back and they'll or proofread or put R in it, you know, how are you mm -hmm. feeling? Now you have to make a decision, you know, do I accept that or not? Right. And the other thing that's a little dangerous, and you may have encountered this as well, is that you'll get um, some reviews from people if you try to make it too streety, you know, where, you know, yep. the grammar's terrible. The grammar's terrible. But people, it, it's, it, the readers are, in my opinion, are ignorant of the fact that if it's dialogue, you can get away with it, man. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the way it should be. So don't don't give me. I, I've become a little gun shy, you know. I've, I've uh, because I've gotten reviews that uh, were negative or communication from people um, through emails, or whatever, and say, hey, you know, you, you should fix this. And you know, I and I go like, you know, that's dialogue, man. These are two right. people talking. That's, that's that's the way you talk, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I, 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 I wouldn't overdo it. And the other thing with dialogue is I would not get to what is it called in a dialect you know yeah. has some you know you can sprinkle a little bit in the beginning and then people will maybe hear that irish lilt that you're trying to trying to communicate yeah but it's very it's difficult to read you know yeah constantly. it is so you know make yeah the plan. i agree with that yeah right i mean um so we talk differently than we write and read so be conscious <laughs> right. of that and just pay attention pay attention tonight when two people talk and just listen yeah i think that's all really really great advice so thank you so much for sharing that um and thank you for being here this has been a really great conversation can you tell everybody where they can find you where they can find your books um well the, the easiest place is www at my website danpetrosini.com um, of course, it's on Amazon. I'm all over the place and Facebook, Dan Petrosini. And so I hope to see you there. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I will make sure and link those all up in the show notes. Um, we just have a couple of minutes here left. What what do you think is um, <clears throat> the best advice you got as a kind of a newbie author that you would pass on to authors who are just starting out? Well, one of the things that I regret, and I was just actually talking to someone about it just the other day, was genre hopping. Now, I actually, you know, I commend you for the way you approach that because, well, let me explain my, my first of all, when I started writing, I, I wrote like a kind of a coming of age story first, then uh, um, I think it was, maybe it was a political thriller. And then I wrote a crime story and then I wrote a sci-fi book and I was having to, fun, you know, but <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't building readership. I, I no one knew who I was. I, I was all over the map, you know, is this guy a mystery writer? Is he a thriller political writer? Is he, what is he, a sci-fi writer? Um, and certainly not, not a sci-fi guy. Uh, but uh, if you're going to do that, you have to do what you did, which is to have a separate author name for, or and I know what you did, you, you know, yeah, I did a yeah. name, if you will. Um, so that readers, a mystery reader, generally, 
doesn't cross genres too much, right? I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to, most readers, right? So, right. so I would say stick to a genre. And if you're going to another genre, get a different pen name, yeah. right? That, that, that's yeah. number one. Yeah. And the other thing that I realized that helped me um, gain traction was writing in a series. Now, I heard people talk about this, but as a reader, I, curiously, I am not a series reader. You know, I don't like, I don't like cliffhangers, all that type of stuff. <laughs> um, and I like to read what I feel like, whatever catches my attention. Uh, although I'm generally, you know, I'm dr generally it's always crime or, or mystery suspense type of stuff. Um, right. But I, I realized that a lot of readers are series readers and they love series. And number one, and secondarily, they won't even take a shot on a series unless there's several books in the series. Right. Um, so that was another very helpful piece. I finally listened to what people were telling me and I said, okay, let me, let me, let me stick in a series. Let me find some. And I, I was lucky that I found the character that kind of, I wanted to write, you yeah. know, um, so he, he was able to, this guy, Frank Luca was, was the guy that said, okay, I can do it with, with somebody like him. And uh, because I enjoy exploring his character and the situation, his view of the world, if you will. Um, so I would say the two things, number one, pick a genre that you enjoy writing and then create a series, you know, <laughs> I think that, yeah. that that'll get you, that'll get you much further than, 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 um, you know, right. the flavor of the month, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I really like the way you say that, because I think even though a lot of people will say right in a series, I think emphasizing a character that you really love is something people don't talk about too much. So I think that's really, really good advice. Yeah, right. You can't just say, I'm going to, you know, if you're going to spend a tremendous amount of time with this character. Right. Right. If you're going to be, I mean, this right now, I'm writing book 15 in the series, plus I have a wow. prequel. So I got, it's, it's a pretty deep series. So I, I still have fun with this guy. And which, which, I mean, I trust myself as the author, but I also trust him and where he's mm -hmm. going to bring me. And also, you know, his, his life's partner. I, I trust her. Like, I, I know kind of where these characters are going to go. And that's why I don't have to have such a detailed outline of what to do, because they're going to make me go <laughs> right in a certain way. Um, right. If you don't like the, you don't like, if you don't like the character, um, you're going to be miserable writing. And if you're not, if you're not having fun writing, then I suggest, you know, you try something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really great advice. Well, um, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate you and uh, good luck with all your writing endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to have a chat with you and I commend you for on all the various uh, author education projects that you're immersed in. So it's, you're really doing a good service to the community. <laughs> Thank you me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.